how are you? Howard, how's your summer? Uh, well, it's over. <laughs> My summer's over. Like classes started with a, with a at a new school now, which I'm I'm enjoying. Yeah. I have to have a job in this in this pandemic, you know. I think it's I think it's very yeah. good for this episode specifically that we had to postpone this episode slightly because of schoolwork. Yep. 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 It's perfect. It's perfect. But can we do can we do some or can I do some follow up? Uh, uh, yeah. Like, I know that I know that our episodes are supposed to be evergreen and not bound by like seasons in our lives, but I feel okay. that I need to follow up on things we've talked about. That's okay. Uh, Is this yeah. about your clickety-clackety? I, I this... <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> I am so happy about my clickety-clackety. So, um, so, a few episodes ago, which for our show means like half a year ago now, I think. Um, I talked Fortnightly. about the older keyboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, a keyboard called the the Royal Kludge Seventy One, which was my first mechanical keyboard. I got it a year ago, uh, a little over a year ago, a and name. it had blue lights. And yeah, yeah, I know, right? Kludge. Uh, I think it's yeah, Kludge with a K. Yes. Um, and it's like it was a it is absolutely an entry level mechanical keyboard. So this was when I wanted a keyboard that was just. Like it was just about having a keyboard that was clackety clack, um, and not about you know any mechanical keyboard nerdery. And I was telling you, uh, you just wanted to enjoy your not, life. But... <laughs> yes, yes, I did. That's the or main I reason to... to buy a mechanical keyboard, right? Is to annoy the people around yeah. you. <laughs> I also wanted to make her kind of envious. Like she, she's the she is not. Like you know, I, I dragged her into Macintosh laptop world, you know, um, from a very old school PC life, and uh, it's it's a clackety clacks are the keyboards of her of her childhood, you know. Mm -hmm. But she just, you know, so she just doesn't want to. She just didn't want to invest in one. But so then I got one, and she, you know, she loves. She has no problem with it. Besides, I had to move my office to another room anyway. So, but yeah, she actually feels the. She actually wants one. She's not annoyed with it. Like she hears it and she wishes she could sound this way. Oh, it's nostalgic. Um, but cool. Yes, yes, it is. So uh, I got one, and I was making fun of you for your whole RGB setup. And then I remembered that um, the sides, or I realized that, or I remembered, I think, the sides of the keyboard had RGB lights. So the, my thing had uh, blue lights on the keys. Or under the keys, but it turns out there there were like little LEDs on the side of the keyboard just shining out for no reason, <laughs> and you can set the color. And it wasn't until I got a white table that I realized that um, that it had RGB lights too. So I had an RGB light thing. Anyway, finally the keyboard died. And uh, having researched afterwards about how mechanical keyboards work and how the hobby world operates, uh, because it was a non-hot swappable keyboard, when one switch is broken, what you have to do is you have to uh, unscrew the thing and uh, unsolder the thing, and that was just ridiculous. I was like, I'm not going to do that. You know, like There are people who want to do that, and I, I am not one of them. So I got a new keyboard, a keyboard. 
or that I really wanted, but I just, you know, uh, skimped last year, uh, which was the Keychron K4. And uh, I got a brown Switch one, which uh, the first day I was not that happy with. I missed the blue clickiness. But the next day, I just, you know, got used to it and just liked it more. It's quieter, but clacky enough to feel clacky. Um, but the whole reason I'm telling you about it, because we're not talking about keyboard nerdery or, or typing, uh, we are. I, I wanted to say that this thing is finally RGB lighty, and I can set the lights of the keyboard to be any color I want in the in whatever spectrum is available, and I love it. Like that's all I wanted to say. I love that it that my keyboard has colors, and I used to think it was ridiculous to have. Uh, that many colors for no reason and that many colors on the keyboard for no reason but now like i'm pressing a button right now and it's pink and i love it i love it so many colors now multicolor and now the colors are switching so do you just have like the thing on like rainbow vomit unicorn mode where it's like every color every key is a different color <laughs> Right now, right, like right now, as you said that, it's it's doing that, or that's the setting. But see, I I just I just love. I used to, I mean, I back to the Apple Mac philosophy thing we were talking about. It's like the range of choices to me was ridiculous, but now it's not. Like I love that it can be any color I want at any time. You know, like I'm not limited to a tasteful white. Like I can, if I just want to, like right now, it can be. Green, green on a keyboard. Green. It is not even like a lime pleasant eye thing for the green. It's just green for no reason. I no love it. Is, I no such love thing it. as a pleasant green in the Apple world. They don't do green over there. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. They don't. It's it's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. It's like it's like the least Apple-y thing in my life, in my tech life right now. And uh, aside from it's a nice keyboard and it's gray, you know, that's apple -y. But the lights, for no reason. No reason, right? It's just because. Like, it's on a whim. I can change it. I love that I can do it. And it's a button. It's not like a, a keyboard shortcut or a, a little switch on the side. It's like it's on the keyboard. But I can, I can press the key and it can change colors. Like the whole reason that key is there is to change the colors or the color setting of my keyboard. And uh, it's, I love it. I love it. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. I love it. Also, it's hot swappable. So if any of the switches break, I can just, you know, switch the switch. I, I'm, yeah, very I'm very happy with, with the, it. Uh, I'm very happy that you're happy with it. I'm also very happy with my Keychron uh, keyboard. Um, I, have the mm -hmm. K, I have the K2 model, which is a, a more compact model. I think yours has the number pad. Right. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah, mine has no number pad. Um, what one thing I wish mine had was a cover. Uh, it doesn't have a cover. I really wish it had like a little, um, like for for traveling. Like if I wanted to go to a coffee shop and annoy ah. literally everybody with my Bluetooth clackety keyboard, uh, <laughs> a cover to put in my bag would be cool. I think the I think the fact that it doesn't have a cover tells me this is never supposed to leave your desk. <laughs> But you can you can buy a cover. They sell a cover specifically for the keyboard. Shit, do they? Right? I should get that. Yeah. I like there's one that. in like there's a plastic one, there's a leather one, like an Italian leather one. You should totally get it. It's it's 
Just get it. It's ridiculous. I would love for you to get it. Make it a podcast expense. Okay, Take it out I'll from our account. it to the you know? company. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is These why people get Patreons, right? <laughs> I I do like um, totally I do like their new one that K seven the the sort of low travel thin boy. Yeah. I I think that's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. that's a sleek looking that's a sleek looking dude. Um, accessories. Yeah, I, I was strongly considering that. Yeah. Wooden palm rest. Should I get a wooden palm? Wooden palm rest. rest. Yeah, there's one with like a combination wooden, uh, wood and resin palm rest. Ooh. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I'm so happy. I, uh, it's so absurd. <laughs> I got mine in just plain white. You can order it in sort of a nice appley white with no colors. Yes, and that's the one I got. But you, right. you decided to go full gamer PC. Yeah, because I, I mean, it's this is the PC thing, like. If I wanted the white, I can have it. But at any other time, I wanted rainbow unicorn vomit. I can. Like, it's magical. This, like, you know, this, this is carrying case is ridiculous. Yeah. This thing reminds me of, like, <laughs> it's so bulky. It's huge. It reminds me of, like, a Game Boy case from 1992. It's, a, it's enormous. <laughs> it's a briefcase. <laughs> it has, like, extra slots and stuff for things. I, what is this? Yep. For keycaps and for switch pullers oh and for God. extra switches, if you're in Starbucks or something and you wanted you wanted to be yeah. less clicky, <laughs> you can spend an hour changing the switches oh my God. <laughs> before you write your essay. And I got the um, I got the red switches, which are they ah. they bounce the least. Um, so mm -hmm. like I actually had to. Did yours come with a little baggie of little plastic rings, little rubber rings? Yes. So, oh, no, no, no. The rings, no. Oh, yeah. Mine came with a little baggie of rings. Um, or did I buy that off Amazon <laughs> afterwards? I think I might have bought that on a, off Amazon afterwards. Maybe it didn't come with it. Um, but, yeah, I bought these little rings because my so did keyboard... did you use the rings? Yeah. Yeah, so my my keyboard, because they flatten out, because there's no bounce at all to the red switches, um, after, like, the first week of typing on it, my fingers, like, hurt. Like, they... Like, I was in physical pain with this keyboard. And at first, I couldn't figure it out. I was... I, I didn't, like, put two and two together and realize that my new keyboard was causing me discomfort. Um... But, like, for the people who really like red switches, um, you're really not supposed to go all the way down with them. Um, like, you're supposed to sort of almost, like, hover type, in a way. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to, like, half press, mm -hmm. like a shutter button, almost. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I'm too old, and I couldn't figure out how to do it. So I bought these little rubber rings to put um, underneath each key that gives it just a little bit of um, cushion. Like almost like a shock, uh, and so it's much more comfortable to type on and quieter. Um, they 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 buff the yeah. or they they nerf the noise a little bit, um, and it's nice. But I do kind of wish I'd gone with the brown switches. I feel like that's kind of the default right thing to do. Right. <laughs> Maybe right, my no, next. I, I get that. It's the. <laughs> Yeah. Well, is, it, is yours the hot swappable one? Ooh, 
I have no idea. How do I know that? How do I find that out? It should say so in the Amazon order or on the box, I think. Mm. It depends. Or check, or maybe under the keyboard. Let's see. Let me look at mine. Yeah. Swappable. It's Keychron K4 swappable. So it should say so if it's swappable or if it's not. No, it doesn't say swappable. Okay, then it means you have to buy a new keyboard, Sawyer. So okay. you can get one with a case. Ooh. Get one with a case. So that's, get one with a yeah, case. You get free shipping on the keyboard or the case, I think. Something like that. <laughs> White backlight, RGB backlight, it's... RGB backlight with an aluminum frame. Which one did you get? <laughs> the uh, RGB with aluminum. With aluminum. Like the highest end K4. Gotta go, yeah. gotta go fancy. Yeah, but, you know, it's... I, I, you know, I, I just, I just maxed out. This is just because I regretted skimping last year, so I just wanted to not skip. But I don't know what it means. I don't know what the difference is. It doesn't. It's not like a. It's feel... not like a huge. Um, it's not like a huge expense. These things are like, I don't know how much was it for the Philippines. I'm guessing maybe a little bit more. But these are like eighty. No, it was, Well, there was a. Yeah, this is about a hundred dollars. Yeah. So yeah. And which is the the price on the website? So I I got a good deal relatively, like Philippines wise. Yeah. But you see, I, I was I was thinking about this a lot, and I I suppose when I get when we get deeper into it, uh, this will be a topic. But right now, it's just the thing I'm laughing about, because I I honestly think, uh, like a hundred dollars for a keyboard is kind of ridiculous. Like it's it's not a thing I'd, I'd recommend. That is, <laughs> you know? Okay, but that I think is us being old and thinking. Well, your keyboard's supposed to just come with your computer. Like increasingly, that is not yeah. the case. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I guess that's it. it. You know, it is an old thing. Like it doesn't. I mean, my laptop has a keyboard. You know, so this 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 feels excessive. But you know, I'm reading all the reviews. Everybody's saying it's an entry level keyboard. You know, but so it, it makes it made me feel funny because I'm not feeling I'm I'm doing an entry level thing. I'm feeling like last year's ridiculous Chinese keyboard was the was the entry level thing, and now I'm really investing in it. But everybody's saying the Keychron K4 is a good starter keyboard. I think it, they mean, it, I think you they know mean honestly that the, in in that like this is a good thing that you can buy the hobby for the hobby people. They're talking these are like yeah. real these are real fetish freaks who. <laughs> Who want you to yeah. like spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on on, on nonsense from Instagram, right? That you know, yeah. these are yeah. not normal people. <laughs> stretch. Yeah, but there's still, but there's enough of them, Sawyer, that made me feel kind of weird. Like it's not, you know, I didn't look at the whole the whole world of it and think, yeah, you guys are the fetish freaks. It, it was really like, wow. Now you enter the you search once you you do a search on the review and then so there's like a one or two like mainstream reviews because the keychron is popular enough so you get Forbes or something, and then the rest of the search entries are you know like real nerds and that made me feel like wait a minute should I learn more about this world, and the more I did and it's just you know I guess with num the number of Google results or DuckDuckGo results show how normalized it is that there's. You know, it's is it really a fetish? Maybe we're the ones with a fetish for the good old days. You know, it's it's a thousand dollars for for a keyboard. You know, a thousand dollars is like two hundred for a base set, another hundred for keys or 
little rubber rings and specific switches. It's absurd to me, but it's so normal to them that I felt weird, you know. So the hundred dollars feels like a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's I a gotta, lot for a keyboard. I sort of feel like we have. Um, so we, I think we have gamer culture to thank a little bit for the like crazy keyboards that you can buy these days because gamers pound the shit out of their keyboards and and so uh i I think that led to them buying them more often and trying different types of keyboards i think that that really fueled this but i think the other thing that like fueled the fetish keyboard market is the fact that apple sold such garbage keyboards for like five straight years (laughs) that the nerds were like shit we gotta go somewhere else You're right. No, you are absolutely right. This, that's I, exactly it. Like from like 2003 to like 2014, the default keyboard was like an Apple keyboard. Like everybody just bought an Apple keyboard and they were generally happy yeah. with it. And that Apple shit the bed so hard with their keyboards that they that they awakened <laughs> like a culture of keyboard <laughs> fetish freaks. <laughs> and I honestly think this would have never happened oh, otherwise. Yeah. I, I forgot. You're absolutely right. Because I guess for the average user, if an Apple keyboard's a default and it sucks, you're also going to spend like a hundred bucks anyway. Yeah. You know, for something that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I forget that that's how much an Apple keyboard costs. You want an Apple you're keyboard right. now? It's like two hundred bucks. But at least they're not garbage now. That's right. But they're they're expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what I was thinking too. You want too. a keyboard for your iPad? Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was considering getting a was just for a few fleeting moments here, Sawyer. I was considering getting a Touch ID keyboard, mm-hmm. uh, just to, have to replace my old keyboard, which is about like close to two hundred dollars, I think, or like a hundred fifty or something like that. And um, and it was just so stupid because the only difference, like my laptop keyboard, is like four inches away from where the external keyboard would be. So that's where the touch ID button would go. So for me to unlock it, I would just have to reach up. That is not like solving the problem of having to reach up is not worth a hundred dollars. <laughs> so so uh, that's the, the critical difference is that Apple priced their keyboards that way anyway. So yeah. You know what? I'm going to eat my words completely. So this is Apple fan Mikey speaking. Yes, it is ridiculous to spend $100 on a keyboard. And yes, it's Apple's fault. Ugh. So, you know, don't spend $100 on an Apple keyboard, guys. Get one with lights like I did. Yeah, man. Team, team Keychron. Yeah. Are we, the thing is, so I have, a, I have a question about why you ended up going with a Keychron. So the reason I went with a hmm. Keychron is because MKBHD uses Keychron keyboards and and his review of them was pretty glowing and I was like well I'll just I'll just do that oh so well I always wanted one and I think I wanted one because it looked nice mm, so b- this is before handsome. I read up on it like yeah they're they're very handsome and uh, and they're uh, the Mac buttons are nice looking like that's why I went with a cheap one too because it was the only this was it was the I say cheap. It's not cheap. Like the sixty dollars isn't cheap. But anyway, uh, the the Royal Kludge seventy one was the only other keyboard that I could find that had the uh, that had command, option, and control 
and uh, and function buttons that were for compatible with the Mac. So it was that or the Keychron, which was twice the price. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, so so the Keychron was what I really wanted because it looked nice and it had the Mac buttons. So that was the difference. And the thing that pushed me over the edge this time was because, uh, okay, so there's a longer story here, but I also I had, I have, I have a spare like Apple extended wired keyboard um, that I told myself that because my, the, the mechanical keyboard was clunking out earlier this year, but still usable. And then finally I was in the middle of flow state and then it conked out and it just, I, I, I was enraged. Like I wanted to punch my screen. You know, you're in the middle of writing something and you're in the flow. And it just, like, the letter O doesn't work, and it's stupid. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was ready for that day. I replaced it with a wired keyboard. And then I realized that my Magic Trackpad 2 uh, was space gray, and my keyboard was white. <laughs> and every time I looked at it, <laughs> I wanted to destroy it. Like, it was, like, it's a perfectly usable... It's a great keyboard. The That's Apple so wired one. This is... Yeah, this is this is not a laptop like butterfly thing. It's a, it's a nice one, but it yeah, is it's one of the good ones. silver and white. Silver and white beside a slice space gray slab, and it it made me unhappy. It made me unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided that you know now is the time. I want one anyway. I'm gonna get one eventually. You know my fingers aren't getting any younger. Our fingers <laughs> are not getting any younger. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I know. That's why I so need those little rubber things because my fingers are not getting younger. <laughs> right. Right. That's it's not a thing to laugh about. Mm -mm. Well, it's it's a little funny. It's funny that there's a whole thing about rubber. Like you know, the the the, the bias in me is like those things should just have the rubber rings. You know, <laughs> that's that's just how they should work. Like, you know, it's good that you have the option. Like and I, I, there are uh, there are people who like not having the rings, you know. But I, I know that. Uh, so I read up some more on this. Like the 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 normal modification people do on these keychrons is that they open it up and like they band aid the the switches under the board, like to stabilize the keys, huh. because the the <laughs> yeah the wobbliness is enough for people to want to do that. I'm not there yet, but that's that's a thing. No, I haven't noticed that. Um, no, I found this thing to be pretty stable. Um, yeah, I've noticed that my my accuracy has gone down slightly with this keyboard. Um, like my my typing of the dead scores went down when I switched to this keyboard. Mm. I don't know about you, um, but. I, I haven't checked. I, I don't want to. Uh, you know, I, it's not like I can get the money back. You know, <laughs> I, no, I no, I I find typing on it much more comfortable than any any other keyboard I've ever used. But I find mm -hmm. that my my typos went up a little bit, um, and I don't know yeah. if that's the type of switch or 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 just the um, my fingers are still used to a kind of a thinner keyboard. Uh, even after almost a year that I've had this thing. Um, yeah. Because I, well, the yeah. thing is, I still switch over to my laptop occasionally, right? And that, that the Surface Pro keyboard is a thin keyboard. 
Um, yeah. So I'm a not chicklety. It, yeah, it's very chicklety. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I find I can type a little bit faster and a little bit more accurately with the Surface keyboard. Um, but this this one is much more comfortable for long stretches of writing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I I agree. I I feel the same way. Uh, like my typos went up when I started on the the mechanical keyboard last year. Yeah. But this year, switching to this one from that one, uh, no, I think my accuracy is about the same, except for like it's it moves the arrow keys like one space to the left, like the shift on the older keyboard took up the entire space under enter, but now it takes up about three fourths of it, and now the the up arrow is is under under enter. So I, I have to get used to that. So what I did was a, a double-sided taped a small piece of Velcro on the down button so I know where I'm at. Um, nice. But yeah. Yeah, but you see, that's a... <laughs> I think I just realized like, I that I've hear... never, ever hit that shift button on the right side. The smaller shift button. Really? I don't think I've ever once hit it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Maybe I never have to. Maybe it's just because I, you know, you know, it could be because I'm left-handed, but I tend to always use the shift on the left side. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm feeling it now. Like, no, I think I use it. I think I use it. It's big enough that I don't miss it, but it's the, it's the arrow keys that I miss every time. Mm. And, uh, yeah. So I do, the left I do one wish, for... I do wish that there was a little bit of space between the arrow keys and the other keys. Um, I, I feel like we've, you know how we joke about we lose our listeners as yeah, we get no, into these gone. things. That's fine. They're gone. <laughs> like now, especially more than any show. But anyway, That's you were saying, sorry. Out. We're hanging out. This is for us. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the Surface Pro arrow keys, you would hate these keys so much. So um, they are all across one row. So they don't go, like the up arrow isn't up a row like the up and down arrow take the exact same amount of space as the oh. left and right arrows do yeah. um and yeah, that's it, the same with the, the macbook air oh is it okay yeah it's a team. yeah, yeah. So, uh, it, it, but does your do your left and right keys like are they full full height left and right keys or are they half height the same as the up and down they're huge yeah they're full size Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> it. I hate it. What I would want, honestly, what I would want is full-sized up and down arrows and for there just to be no shift button on the right side. Just take away the shift button on the right side entirely and then you'd have plenty of room to have a full-size up button and nice and a little bit of space on either side. Just get rid of just get rid of the shift button. You, know, you need one you don't need two shift buttons. You don't. You're right. You don't. No, you're absolutely right. Right. You can't, yeah. You know what? You know what you do is you can you can cut, you can through software or something like a, sure like a figure it out. But like give give me big arrow keys. Like, <laughs> and I'm not even like a and it, this is for typing, right? I'm not even really gaming. Although I'm sure the gaming people prefer having giant arrow keys too. Mm. But like. Just for typing, just for moving the damn cursor around the screen all day long. Give me giant good arrow keys. So, so the issue for you is that you couldn't, like, you couldn't by feel find the arrow keys, or is it just because, like, are the half heights too small for your fingers? 
the half heights were a bit small issue? for my fingers, and it just it always felt mm. like it just like I'll send you a photo of the surface keyboard, and you'll just be like, this is an egregious waste of space um, to have to have a shift key this huge and to have arrow keys this small, like. <laughs> And I don't, I don't know what the Apple one looks like, but I'm sure they've made their own weird compromise that's annoying. Um, right. But yeah, I, <laughs> it was just maddening. But on the on the Keychron, I you know you at least get the full sized arrow keys because it's like a desktop style keyboard. But because it's a more compact keyboard layout, the Shift key is to the left of the up button, and I have the mm -hmm. End key to the right of my up button. So there's no space. Oh, you know. Yeah, Where, yeah, yeah. Like, and to me, I'm just let's just get rid of the end button. Like, who who's using the end button for anything at all? <laughs> like, I, like I know what the I'm end button at the does. Right there, you go. See <laughs> that I know what the there end button is. does, but it doesn't like, like you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, Here, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll send yeah, you my K2, although it probably looks similar to yours, but maybe not because right. you've got the full layout. Well, no, I, I'm I'm betting it does. And uh, my my set of issues are like so your so your up is right under the end of enter, right? Yes, it is. I see it. Yes, there it is. Yeah, so I can imagine end being super annoying if you mean to press up, but yeah. beside my my up is one, which is really, really annoying. <laughs> like yeah. it's one, and beside my right is zero. So that's okay. that's the that's the that's that's annoying. And it's not like you know in in full size keyboards where the the number keys are also arrow keys, and you can lock it like a num lock or something like that. No, yeah. it's not like that. It's just zero one zero one zero. <laughs> But you know, it's it's not it's fine. I'm not that upset. The end might be annoying because, especially since up and down, or specifically for like cursor control, right? I <laughs> so... might actually now that I think about it, and now that I've thought about it this for a minute, I might actually go in and just disable the end button. Hmm. Because like I, it isn't like be, be, because the arrow keys are at the very end of the keyboard. Like you're, you can find your way more easily than oh I yeah would, no don't get think, me wrong but... my life is very easy uh <laughs> <laughs> well these yeah are, these are not the that's complaints of, of 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 someone who's bleeding <laughs> everywhere <laughs> i'm fine i can just okay, be fine yeah, that's true yeah but this I, is I, why I, the, the extent of our coping is, is recording a podcast. Like, that's why. Because yeah. we're fine. We are. We're exactly. We're fine. So I'm just going to. Yeah. I might. I might just disable the edge button. And while I'm at it, I might turn off the shift button, too. Or or Galaxy Brain, I might turn them both into up buttons. <laughs> so it's all it's just one big up button. That's right. That so, makes so much sense. I've sent you one other photo just just before we finish this topic. Um, over on the left side, I've I yeah. I've swapped. This is going to be insane to you. So I've swapped my Alt and Control buttons on the left side of oh, my keyboard. Right. 
right? So it's it's supposed yeah, to go right. control window alt space, but I've got it as alt mm-hmm. window control space. And I like one of the things I really like about this keyboard is is you can just pop these keys off and move them around, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've moved all yeah. the control around, but I also did that in software. So when I hit the control button, it's still hitting the control button in Windows. And do you know why I've done this? Uh, because you're a Mac user at heart, and it Correct. feels like command when you... <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> so I like to, you know, control X, control C, control V. I don't, control like, v, to, right. I don't, I don't like having the control button so far away from those buttons. That's right. I like them to be closer because <laughs> that's how it works on the Mac. So. Yeah, that's where command is. So that's and where I, control should be. And I, Even if Mac has its own control, it's not yeah, the same. No. And I've had this keyboard swap in Windows for years because I've never wanted to learn the other way. <laughs> mm. But only, and only now with the Keychron am I able mean. to actually physically swap the keys. Right. Right. So that's great. That's great. The, see, that makes me happy. Now, now it's a worthwhile follow-up, you know, because yeah. I I just wanted to bring it up because of the colors, right? But see, this I is love, important. I love that you this, got this the should be recorded. Now, are you? I'm gonna think. I got. I gotta think. You're gonna you're gonna be happy with these colors for about a week and a half, and then you're gonna want to shut that shit off permanently. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm at the I, when I sent you the the video of the switching colors, I changed it after like yeah. five minutes to just one color. So I think I have another like I'm gonna cycle through all the colors each day. Yeah. I think, and then and then eventually, you know, I don't need the colors. Like I have a bright table, I can see right. the keys. But I'm I'm using it wired though, so I have no functional reason to turn it off, and preference wise, it's fine. Do you know how to turn it off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one button in the corner. Just just press it, and it turns off. At some point, like it's off is one of the fifteen settings, you know. So. Oh, oh, okay, I cool. I can I can help you out here though. So yeah. so unfortunately, uh-huh. the the one annoying thing about the Keychron keyboard is it's actually pretty easy to accidentally hit that button, the light button. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like you might find a setting you like, and then you will accidentally hit that button, and then you gotta cycle through them all again to find the setting you like, right? Right. Um, for me, right. the setting I like is off, uh, <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> Uh, that's my favorite setting is off. And, <laughs> and so instead of cycling through them every time, there's a keyboard shortcut to just turn the lights on and off. Oh, what is it? What it's is it? Um, function and then the light button. The li- oh. oh, you're right. Oh, there you go. Future Mikey thanks you. This is you're great. You're very welcome. Yeah. Nice. You can't say nice, you don't come nice. here for the tips and tricks, kids. That's right. That's right. You chose poorly. That's what we do. This is great. I I'm have happy. it on. I I'm have just... it on Bluetooth, and I I could connect it to my desktop PC, but I mm-hmm. I sort of like to just have it out free. With with no yeah, I get cord, it. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I just couldn't stand the latency because I got used to the other one being wired. Oh, yeah. I, I find there's no latency at all. It, it goes to sleep really oh, yeah. fast, but I don't find there's much latency. 
Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm not sure if I mean latency. I mean like when I like when you turn it on, like when you wake oh, it up. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. You it sort of takes a it, it blinks yeah. a few times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I just didn't want to wait. <laughs> you know, so it's not it's not an ugly wire. It doesn't drive me insane. Like the the colors, the silver and the white made me angrier than a wire sticking out. Mm-hmm. So. I'm okay with this. And also, the but the, I I don't think I'll have the problem with the accidentally pressing the light button because of the number keys. Like I'm never there. <laughs> my finger is never there anyway. On right. the right, that, all the that, way on the that right. That could be the difference because I like mine again. Yeah. It's more compact, so it's right next to the delete key and it's right next to the screenshot yeah. key, which is also I love the right. screenshot key so much. Um, and I use that. I I take a a screenshot on my computer. Every ninety seconds, I think, when I'm on my computer, hmm. I don't um, have a screenshot key. You don't have a screenshot key? No, no, what I don't. You? Well, I know the key- the keyboard shortcut for the Mac, like, but it's not a keyboard thing on mine. Like nothing. Huh. There's end page up, page down, number num clear, number lock and clear. That's it. That's it. No, that's, this is not nice. I should fight them. <laughs> I want to press a button. It's possible that because I got the Windows layout, I have a screenshot key and you don't. Screenshot. Oh, there it is. Beside delete. I have home. Is that the same thing? What does home do? I never actually used home. Home doesn't do anything. Oh, no. it's. Yeah. No, it's taking me to... It's making me highlight the thing on Discord. Anyway. Okay. okay, uh, That'll that'll figure that out. But that's not upsetting. (laughs) I guess that's fine. Oh, no, I've ruined your life. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it's okay. Nothing I have the podcast about. Oh no, I use yeah. uh, I I yeah. use the very very excellent Windows app ShareX, uh, the screenshot app, mm. and it uh, I've I've set it so that when I hit the screenshot key, it takes um it 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 gives me a crosshair, sort of like on the Mac, the uh, the Command Shift Four will give you a crosshair. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so yeah. I, I, I then make a selection and I let go and that it saves a screenshot to my screenshots folder and also puts the screenshot image into my clipboard. Oh, that's convenient. I, the clipboard. I, I, I yeah, that's I can't convenient. work without this now. Like this is how I, this is how I work all day long. So I'm constantly sending people screenshots of things. Um, yeah, it's nice. It's nice. So I, I hit that button a lot. I have the screenshot, and, and I guess this is a, a way to transition uh, if you want. But I have the screenshot for one of my classes because uh, the students are not listed in the attendance software yet. So there's no student in my attendance list. So I have the screenshot and keep it in the little folder. So right now... Uh, it's kind of upsetting to think about, uh, but I have a folder of screenshots of children <laughs> on my desktop, which I would like to delete as soon as possible so when they're enrolled officially in the in the software thing. But yeah, that's that's what I use screenshots primarily for nowadays. I know that sounds like as sketchy as possible out of context, but we should mm-hmm. tell people that you are in fact a teacher. <laughs> yes, and that, yes, and that sure. having having photos of the children that are in your class um, has mm-hmm. has utility for you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just like for one tiny aspect and a very important aspect, but tiny aspect of my teaching life. So like I feel like the cost is greater than the utility, you know. Like I don't I don't want to have screenshots of my classes. Like that's not a thing I want to have on you my desktop. Have, you don't want to have photos of your students. <laughs> Yeah, no. Like I can, you know, especially if uh, you know, I can upload it to like our Google Drive or something. But like that's another step. Like that's not a thing I want to think about. Attendance, especially, which is the most annoying part of of being a teacher in this in this age. Like you, I, I would, you would think that attendance would be the easiest thing, but it's, uh, it's. It, I guess it's easy, but because it's so simple, it like slips through the cracks all the time. But it's so important. Like, you get parents who get upset that a student gets accidentally listed as absent because a teacher forgot to list it down. So it's super important at the, by the end of the year. But on a daily basis, it's not. Like, it's important at the end. So and it's I, a, I it's a mental a, discipline. I want to ask a silly question and then a serious question. Um, please, so this, please, you know, please. I, I, we're going we're gonna to dive in a little bit on, like, being a teacher in the age of COVID and like being, <laughs> being a technology using teacher, um, I think is a mm -hmm. fascinating thing. But my, my silly question is, does Zoom or does Google Teams or whatever the, whatever the thing you guys use for class, does it have a guess who mode where you can like flick the photos or the video of the children down as you mark them as there for the day. No, no, uh, you see, can't. I do feel that. like that's a waste. It like someone should make like a guess who mode for video yeah. conferencing. Uh, Google Meet has integration, like third-party like uh, extensions to do that sort of thing. But I never, when I used to do Google Meet in, in my previous school, like I never used any of the extensions because they were so clunky. And, and Google would update Meet all the time and things would stop working. But, so there, there is an opportunity there, uh, but it needs more cooperation from Google, I guess. Like they changed like a whole thing with Meet. Like, like there, was a, there was like a few months where teachers had this whole setup with the extensions that everybody recommended to everyone else. Stuff that you can you can do quizzes, you can do attendance, you can do all sorts of stuff. And then like the latest, uh, the like a, a big update on Meet like broke everything. And it was a good update. Like it was good. It made it more stable. It made it prettier. Like I was happier to use it. But it broke everything. So that's a thing that we have to deal with. It is a missed opportunity. You're right. I okay. I think, so I mean, uh, I'm I saying can, that, I'm saying guess who as if that's something that people have heard of. Like, I'm not even sure that's still a game that is sold, let alone something people know about. Like, it's a very 80s, 90s board game thing. Um, do, do you, you know what I'm talking about with Guess Who, right? I'm not sure now. Oh, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. so sorry. I thought you were referring, I thought oh, you were referring no. to, like, attendance or something where you turn oh. off a camera after. You... Yeah, okay, so tell me what Guess Who is. <laughs> so Guess, guess Who is... Guess who uh, is, a, is a Canadian rock band from Winnipeg, um, but it, it's also, it's also, so that's the Guess Who, but Guess Who is a, I, I think it's like a Milton Bradley um, board game uh, from, from the, I think it's from the 70s, but like it's, it was still somewhat popular in the, in the 80s and 90s. Um, 
this up so I know what I'm talking about. 1982, that's when it came out. Okay, cool. Um, and the, the idea of Guess Who is each player has a board and there's like 20 or 30 pictures of like little po cartoon portraits. And you have to guess who the other person has as their main character. And so you would get, you would say like the, um, hey, does your person have a mustache? And they would say no. And then you would, you would basically oh. drop the faces of all the people on your board who had a mustache. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and it's a race against the opponent to see who can guess the other person's first. Um, and it's, right, to right. it's a very, very simple board game meant for kindergarten kids for the most part. Yeah. Um, but I think I think it sort of has an outsized cultural cachet in Canada, and I'm not sure why. It's not a Canadian game, um, but <laughs> um, sorry, not, it, I was wrong. 1979, so it is a 70s game technically. Um, they do still make it by yeah. the looks of it, but there are versions of this game that we have played in class. Like this is a, and there are entire websites dedicated to a version of this, but it isn't so much uh, a description of like a person, like each person is assigned a, a picture, but more like occupations or, or uh, like everybody's in a ship and uh, something like that. Everybody's in a ship and somebody's the captain and somebody's whatever. And somebody, everybody has to figure out who everyone else is first. So I think the the I think that's the expression of the cultural cachet where everybody just morphed the game into something, and uh, I say this uh, I, I say it's a little relevant because it's exactly the sort of thing that we all tried out the first few months of COVID, right? You know, because everybody thought it was not permanent, so everybody just did like like kind of school. It wasn't real school yet the first few months, uh, and then. And, and then it dawned on us that this is we're gonna have to finish out the school year this way. So we had to be serious about about being teachers again and figure this stuff out. But yes, so it connected to what you're saying. Yes, there totally were versions of this okay. in in what we were doing this is uh, and online also. Um, yeah. So I, you're oh my god, you're totally right. I do like it. It almost feels like five years ago now, but like April May yeah. 2020 felt like oh, we're just going to be doing this for a little while. So let's just make sure people are comfortable and having fun and are, and are like going to school on their computers. And we know this isn't going to be a long-term thing. So let's just make sure people are doing their best and it's okay. We're all going to have slightly looser rules about scoring and grades, I'm assuming, right? And then... Mm -hmm. And then it'll be fine. We'll go back to normal and we'll catch up over the summer or something, right? That's totally what the thought was. And I'm guessing you're still going to be doing some online classes going into September 2021. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Like, it's, it's, it's not even legal to have normal school. So we're going to, even if my contract says that I might go back to school because I signed a new contract for a new school. Uh, like, everybody knows that's not going to happen. We're going to finish out the school year this way, and maybe next year. Like, we'll see. But, so like the, well, of the, course, I could be wrong. Like, things, crazier things have happened. What, so what is your school year? Is it September to May? Like, a, like North America? Or September yeah. to June? Yeah. 
Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. the, the Philippines switched to uh, the North America calendar a few years ago, and like 70% of the schools are now like September to June. Right, right. Including mine. Um, and so, so the idea is like you're, you're going to be doing this until next June at the minimum. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. How do you feel I, about that? Yeah, I believe so. Well, I love being at home, so I, <laughs> so, so I, I just do. I, as a teacher, it's hard, but I can't say that, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm not that good a teacher or not as professional as I should be, because even as hard as it is to teach, I love being at home. I just do. So I feel less effective as a teacher, uh, but... You know, the rest of my life is great, so that's it's fine. It's fine that I'm not as effective as I would be in the classroom. Uh, but also, like, I, I don't feel that bad being less effective because I know, like, the whole world is less. <laughs> you know, it's it's not me. It's it's the context we're in. So it's I I'm more accepting of it now than I was earlier on. But where I'm at now is how how I feel about it now is, you know, I'm perfectly fine doing this this way um and but i i i think i think that's also because there's still hope like i'm not like i know i'm gonna go back to the classroom like you know i'm not i'm not doubting that i'll ever go back to the classroom like i know i'm gonna so even if this is an extended stretch it still feels temporary like it's it's extended enough that i have to invest in it and want to be good at it like it's not a thing you can like shrug off and you know goof off with but uh ultimately it'll end and ultimately like zoom will be an exception and it'll be reserved for like college students or something or when fundamentally the idea of more schools open that are exclusively online because of how everybody some schools got really good at it so they're not going to shut the program down when normal school comes back there will be students who enroll in schools who never step foot in the campus like that's going to happen uh so I think it's worth investing in being good at this version of school, but I'm also okay with it because I know it's not permanent. You know, it's fine. How do your kids feel about it? That's that's a see, that's that's a different discussion. So how so the older kids, the ones who were like upper high school about to graduate or we're going to graduate within the past two years anyway. They're fine. Like they may be a little sad that they, they spent their last couple of years uh, as high schoolers at home, but they're embarking on college anyway. Like they're okay. Like I think it sucked more for the people who are like freshmen in college and then COVID happens and, you know, they just started college and then suddenly they have to be at home. But the ones who were about to graduate, they're okay. But more and more, I'm working with younger students, and I am like this year is different than last year because it's it's an extended stretch. So the last year, there was a lot of uh, students who were motivated, who were more motivated by the change. You know, there's a like they were they're motivated by that they get to be at home; they don't have to be at school. And also, what we did last year was, and it may be the same for the school I, I currently work in, but I wasn't in this school last year. But what we did in the previous school was, we revamped everything. We simplified, we, we reduced the curriculum as much as we could to just the barest essentials. Uh, 
which in practice actually means it's easier. Uh, but this was in consideration of like the challenges of being at home, internet connection, la la la. So you know, there, we, we we reduced like essential outcomes to just like three or four per subject uh, or per semester, which is much less than you know twenty. Um, except for the science people, they don't have a choice. Like they have to have like forty SM. But the rest, you know, the rest of us could do like three or four, and it was easier. So the students did better, and this was just to make up for the challenges of being at home. So they did better in school, and that, uh, like, how they felt was that they could concentrate their emotional energy of being at home on being at home rather than the challenges of school. Like, we made school so easy for them, is what I'm saying, you know, um, because you know, like life is hard. So. Nah, well, if they went back to the classroom, I think it would be too easy. But, you know, if given the context, you have some students who, you know, they have every device, but they don't have internet because no service provider just is, is good enough for the internet in their area. There's nothing you can do about this, you know? <laughs> and it would be unfair for us. Like, there are, there are it's terrible because they're, they're public school students and there are... Uh, and, and people in underprivileged areas who like are super so dedicated to school but don't have the programs that uh, that um, more expensive schools do, like our schools do. So what they do is they have they would ship out like materials to their homes, and they would work on their materials at home, their modules at home, and then come exam time they have to scrounge for a laptop or a smartphone and like you know cross a river to be outside a hotel where the hotel will give them free Wi-Fi for a day. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's that sort of thing where there's a, the inequality is, uh, brings up like a whole host of issues that I am so lucky that I don't even have to think about as a teacher. But given that that's how it was in other areas in the Philippines, like it affected the entire school curriculum. It's not like the privileged few could just keep doing their thing. You know, the, we had to, you know, make changes that were sweeping and generalized that, you know, kind of democratized school as much as possible for everybody. And uh, what is my point? My point was, it's not, we, I can't say it's too easy. But of course, given this, there are, for a few, it really is too easy for a few. Like, there's a certain percentage of people who never have problems with internet, who are comfortable with speaking and talking in front of a camera, who have a good setup, who who can seamlessly enter into this new era of schooling. And for those people, it's super easy. <laughs> like, like what ha like what happens is, uh, like before, you would go to class and you would have a regular school day, and at home you would have you would have to have let's say, an hour or two of homework time. Yeah. Uh, but now, you get homework time in the morning and you're done by, say, 1 p.m. Like, you're done. You're done with school. You don't have to do... A, you, there, there are no extra assignments. There's no extra homework. There's no extra reading. You are given the time to do whatever you want. To deal with, you're given the time to deal with life after lunch. And, uh, and for the people who don't have lunch. much to deal with... Yeah, life after lunch, because it's hard. It's hard. I mean, it's hard for adults. Like we languish, right? Uh, so for them, after, after they lunch, have yeah, I'm useless. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So what more for the young people? But as I was saying, this was last year. Like this year, Sawyer, I don't know the answer to that question. I'm, I'm in the process of figuring it out. Like I'm meeting newer students, yeah. and these are students who, 
like they have been at this for over a year and a half practically two years now um like in function because i have now i now have students who are 15 and in our in my first meeting i realized that when they started doing this they were 13 13 to 15 is huge <laughs> like well, me from them, a 13 year old absolutely for them like, i i just said that yeah. it's feel like the last year has felt like five years but that's for me and i'm an old person for them it has to feel like 20. yep 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 this that's not hyperbole it it would feel it did for me when i turned 15 you know so i i i honestly don't know how they feel about it i'm i'm in the process of finding out and we're writing papers about this exact thing right now and i am about to see their work and uh and but from the little I've seen, uh, I think they also don't have the habit yet of like really reflecting on life. <laughs> you know, like generally, generally there there's so much more stimulus for young people that they have much less time to sit and think about themselves. You know, there there's there. Uh, ironically, we languish uh, because we have room to be to languish, and a lot of them don't because they don't need to they're entertained they're you know they're socializing they're just not outside they get itchy and they get bored but ultimately their mental stimuli hasn't hasn't reduced they're they're still they're on their screens more than ever and you know and i'm not an i'm not one of the old people who are mad at screens like i i like screens very much <laughs> uh, but so so i get it i get that they're they're busy i i just don't know what the effect of that is yet like the long-term effect on, on them as 15 year olds or and and now i'm getting the chance to process it with them and perhaps i'll get back to it uh, as a follow-up question but i don't it's not as uh, my my suspicion sawyer is that it's not as bad as we assume it would be of course i'm talking about the privileged kids like not the people who are you know who have real problems <laughs> no it's, it sounds like for the, it sounds like for the kids who have have trouble even getting access to computers yeah. or internet it sounds like a horrible nightmare like this is this is an untenable yeah. situation that's really really bad yeah. um yeah no that that sounds that sounds awful um yeah i wish i had i wish i had the numbers to talk about because i'm realizing this is turning into a, a different podcast than i expected because of what well, we're that's okay of, of that's, I, yeah. there, but there's, but, yeah, I, yeah. I, let me turn that into what I think, what the, what I think the podcast was going to be, which was, um, how, hmm. how bad does Google docs suck at solving these problems for these kids? Or is it actually okay. pretty good? I would say. <sighs> it's not bad. I think it's actually pretty great. Pretty, pretty great. Uh, there are ways in which uh, Google Docs makes things so much easier than it used to be. Like, even for us, like, as, like, for when we were students, like, you and I were, like, this is, like, a whole entire world of difference just because of Google Docs. Um, and collaborative, and I don't think any other software or service does it as well like even if the others offer like collaborative not even close. you know not creation even close. yeah not even on, close. The, on their best right? day so, <laughs> they can't come yeah. close no not at all right and yeah. and uh 
and Google Docs like introduces an entire world and the the uh, an entire it's like a set of superpowers that no one ever had. So I think people are still just figuring it out, like how how to do it. What I heard uh, this has never happened uh, in any of my classes, but the thing that I found so fascinating was uh, there was a, an entire college class that just shared one Google Docs uh, Google Doc for notes. So the entire lecture, everybody was just collaboratively taking down notes. No way. And like cross cross checking each other and like fact checking, <laughs> you know, each each other's notes in one document. And then towards the sem- as the semester progressed, the professor figured out that the class was doing it, and embraced it. And what he did was he set up another projector, just projecting the the Google Doc of the class on the screen behind him alongside his presentation and it like changed the game for how the 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 class operated but that's, that's like anecdotal i don't know if that's you know that's i don't know crazy. if that it right in in theory it's amazing like I, and we've never done it none of my students have ever done it none of my classes have ever done it but like in as the potential of that is tremendous that's a thing that was simply impossible before not just so, a, not just I impossible but like actively fought against Right? right, like, like professors right. would be like, "Yeah, you, you people in my class, I don't want any of you talking to each other about this class. Like, like this is a not you are not right. friends here. This is a competition." <laughs> right, you know? right, like, because absolutely. It, because the second any of you start talking to each other, that's when the difficulty of this class falls apart. Like that, like the whole, like the climbing. Yeah difficulty mechanism of this class has everything to do with you learning by yourself yeah. you know like the difficulty is the point yeah yeah and so yeah. if someone else just writes down uh, a, a, a a note and you can see it that is a fundamentally different educational experience than the one that we have developed for you and that you've paid for specifically <laughs> right right and that was that was largely my type of class in certainly in high school but even in university where like it was mostly about what's going on in your brain not and and trying to ignore the brains of the people around you right you know right and uh yeah so that's like it, you couldn't you simply couldn't fathom something like that and and that that's the sort of thing that Google Docs unlocks, and I think we haven't really figured out the other ways yet. So in practice, though, uh, it's great for, like, it's easy. It's so easy now. Like, the, the idea of uh, draft, submit, revise, you know, draft, submit, return, revise, submit, return, submit, return, final submission. Like, that changes. That's, that's a thing we're still, I'm still trying to figure out because I still tell students they have to submit quote a first draft by a certain date but because google docs is a living document like it dies when you export the pdf but you know but it it's as a document it's just alive right so there's no submit revise submit revise is is not is it becomes a it becomes a time management phone rather than a you know like a submission milestone you know, so that's a thing that we, I, I'm still trying to figure out. Like, it, I have to now imagine that these students, it's, and it's not because of the world. It's because these kids are growing up with Google Docs. Like, that's normal for them. So the idea that we used to have, of, I have to make a draft, 
print it and submit this by this date and then it'll return to me with notes that i that i then have to put into the document and then print again by a certain date that's not the framework they have they they don't they don't understand that what they have is they have a google doc and it has to be in a certain whatever whatever version it is by a certain second of a certain day is the last version like that's the last version i'll check but they don't know the you know you you know what i mean right they don't know what it feels like to have to have like to have the stress of a first draft because you still have to print it or put it in a floppy or something or email it like that's not a thing anymore like google docs is a living document and it changes how they think and in some ways for worse <laughs> but you know but just the potential of what you can do with it i think outweighs the outweighs the the ways in which it's worse like I, I i still very much appreciate google docs like it's great that i can comment like at midnight like i feel like looking at a student's paper i wonder how they're doing like is I've that never great done this, but i can't be asleep well no i that's I, I never i've never i've done this maybe once in the past two years like i just couldn't sleep and i just didn't want to do i wanted to do something productive instead of something fun because none of the fun things were putting me to sleep so so i decided to check out a student's paper and uh, you can, it's kind of freaky now that you think about it, now that I think about it, sorry, because I could see that the student was working on it minutes before. Like, this is access that, as a teacher, I never had. Yeah. So I can look at it, and I can immediately comment on it and say, you know, yeah, like, like, like uh, ask a question to prod a discussion further. Um, now, it is a little freaky. Like, I, I'm, I'm realizing now, these students think it's normal, but if I were a student, I wouldn't want my teacher looking at my draft Word document that I was working on at 11.30 p.m. Like, no, that's not I'd be a so thing. I'd so freaked out. I'd be so freaked out. Right? Like, like no, teacher, I'm not ready. This isn't ready. <laughs> yeah. This is not what I want to show you. Yeah. But they don't. Th that's what I'm saying. They don't have they don't that concept. Like that. Like that they don't. They, it's, it's, a, it's a framework that they simply don't have. Like I'm and, getting, you know, I'm, I, I'm getting homework anxiety just thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. I and understand. I, I haven't, but that's school. also because we are who we are. I haven't, in, yeah. I haven't been in like a real school in almost ten years. Like I'm still just like, yeah. oh, oh, no, no, no. The idea of like a teacher looking at a point eight version is not okay. Yeah. Yeah, let alone a point seven, a point four, a point yeah. two. You know where where we have, as writers have room to bullshit, right? <laughs> we have room to do that because no one's ever going to see it. Yeah. Like that's not the version you're going to show people. Yeah. So, yeah, actually, this podcast is good for me. It's making me realize that maybe I should change that too. But the, the I, thing is, they don't understand that. Like they don't have that concept, and it's honestly produced some good stuff. But, you know, this podcast is making me realize, you know, the pitfalls might be greater than I thought. The, um, I'm, I'm assuming you guys have just, and Google Docs probably, at least in sort of the, and I know that you guys are probably working in an educational version of Google Docs that's probably slightly different and has different features than the regular Google Docs that like a, a, like a civilian would use. Um, uh, no, not Docs. Docs is the same for everyone. Oh, but Docs like drive and the other But is it the drive yeah. that's different? Drive and chat and teams and and, and class. And yeah, and there's there's an integration with Google Classroom, 
Class, that's what I'm thinking of. That's the thing that, like, the average civilian has no idea how that works. Yeah. So, uh, Google Classroom is lopsided in the in the case that we were just talking about, Sawyer. It's lopsided against the student because what uh, what I can do in Google Classroom is post uh, post an assignment or post a project or something, and it's in Google Doc form. Like, I'm gonna create the template in Google Docs, post it on that thing, and anyone any student who clicks that thing, they it automatically makes their copy and automatically shares with me. Like it's automatic. Like I already have access to their work once they create it. So they don't. Um, they don't get then, to work privately at all. Yeah. Well, they, there are ways around it, but honestly, they don't even think to. You know, like there's oh like a handful God. who think to, but well, but they I don't mean, even think you, to. Like I'll you open could this. just like open up your own brand new Google Doc in your account, and yeah, the teacher yeah. wouldn't necessarily see that until they copy the data over to. The classroom yeah. version of the document so like yeah obviously they could That's do it right. but you're saying kids are just like whatever the teacher can see what i'm working on it's fine mm -hmm. wow. and, that, and that has produced that's fundamentally different than what we had to go through and oh, yeah. what it's so annoying also it's also the reason i say it's lopsided is i can set the deadline for submission right so it'll tell me if they submitted early they submitted late or they didn't submit at all but once they submit it like, they are no longer editors of their own document. Like, it's closed to them. <laughs> which, which is unfair, you know? Like it's, like, it's an unfair reduction of powers that is supposed to be democratic. Oh but, you know, because... But, so, but there, is, there is pressure for them to submit because I will see when they submit. And if I set a deadline, they have to submit before the deadline. Now, I'm not an evil teacher who will... You know, just because they're late, like, like deduct points or something. That's not a thing I do. Of course, I hope no student listens to this podcast. But, uh, um, but they, if if they do that, once they submit it, only I can do anything to the paper anymore. Like they can't do anything. Now it's all tracked and recorded. Like I can't like change their paper and say they submitted this. Like it will indicate that I wrote it because that's what Google Docs does. But I can only imagine the frustration if you have that framework. Because Google Classroom is the new thing. People have had Google Docs for like 10 years, but the Classroom, the way Classroom works, only really became a big thing in the past two years. So I don't know how they're working out that framework in their heads. And I, I would like to investigate further. But I can imagine if I were them, it would suck. Like it would, because Google Docs doesn't feel like what we were talking about. First draft, submit, first draft, submit. But Classroom makes it that way. So I think it was jarring for them early on. It, it might still be jarring for them now. You, well, I wouldn't worry too much about them listening to this because you, you know it's a really great firewall against like teenagers um, uh, spying on you is like 45 minutes of, of mechanical keyboard talk at the beginning. Is I, don't, I, I, I think we can say anything at this point. <laughs> Oh, I, I respectfully disagree, Sawyer. My, the first bunch of people who ever gave me advice on mechanical keyboards were my students, like oh, two years they, ago. Because they game, right? Because they, 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 they game, yeah. Because they game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's yeah, true. Yeah. And, and these are fancy pants, like, like privileged students. So, you know, they, they don't even think of budget and stuff. They talk, no. they talk as if they were the ones who bought it. But they're like, I got this keyboard and that keyboard. It's like, you mean your mom did? Your mom got you that keyboard. So that's not the same. Like, I can't think it's normal to get a $200 keyboard. Like, that's not how it works. 
but anyway, that's a different story. So maybe I don't. I, that said, I don't think anyone actually is listening to this Sawyer. But yeah, uh, but given that, I do think it's unfair for them. The the framework is unfair for them. I think there. I think we should. There's more work that should be done by educators to address how they think of producing work because I think we don't think about it enough. Like we, we were lucky enough to have first draft submit, and even when things moved to computers, like from typewriters or you know longhand, like we still knew to at least email it. Like what you email is the paper, not what's in your computer, right? So that that's a that that's a mental difference that is so important, and uh, that's not something. You, the current generation of students really have like some people figure it out but it's they have to do it themselves to they have to take the mental leap themselves no one helps them along you know so was, now so it's it's jarring just, it I, I imagine it might be jarring i was just jumping through your sort of timeline there of typewriter to word processor to to email to and i was thinking like okay so i i went to school during the time where i had a computer and i had Word perfect. I was still a word perfect person, so this should give you a timeline um, uh, of when I was in school. I was a word perfect person. Like Office and, and Word hadn't totally taken over the world yet and knocked everything out. Um, uh, so all of my documents were in word perfect. And I didn't make PDFs. I printed out the, the word perfect documents. And I had to mm. put them on a desk physically when I handed stuff in. Um, right. I think even even the year I graduated university in 2006, I think I was still doing that. Um, uh, I don't think I emailed a single thing to a professor the entire time I was at university. Um, uh, but and, and you're and you're right. so I would have had the word perfect document, which is a product, and then I would have made a product out of that, which is the printed version, and then. You're right. Later on, people would, or even at the same time, but in more technologically advanced schools, you would make a PDF, which is the product out of the Word doc. Um, but your mm -hmm. Word doc would be yours. The that belongs to you. It has nothing to do with the school or your teacher or anything. It's the PDF that you mm -hmm. would email to them. That's the interaction point. Um, yep. And in your typewriter, like way back, way back, if you were handwriting or you had a typewriter or something, I think you would hand in the real thing. Like, maybe you would think to make yeah. a copy, but I think for the most part, you wrote down your essay or you wrote down your test, and you handed the the thing into your teacher, and then you didn't have it anymore. Yeah, that's right. That's right. right. The idea of and, I'm keeping yeah. my work version or my, my working file um that is like a relatively new thing overall but we've almost come yeah. full circle now where not only not only is the teacher seeing the real working file like they used to but now this the, mm -hmm. the student isn't even making a product to hand in yep that is it's that a is button a, you press yeah that is a fascinating it's not even but you're what you said was they just the second they create a new document you can see everything they do Right? Yeah. So you, you yeah. Can and the button in watching fact, them write their first word out of the blank page. Yes. Oh my god. That's Absolutely. So scary. And it's 
<laughs> and it's kind of, it kind of sucks for them because, like, the moment they create it, I can see it. So technically, they have a paper. But there, there are teachers who won't even acknowledge that the paper exists until they press submit and they relinquish control of the paper. Right. You know, so Google Cloud, I see what Classroom's trying to do here. They're trying to, you know, there's a simulation of something that used to be how things ran in real life. But what, what, for the student, what this means for them to press submit is that they can't even change it anymore. And now, the, the teacher once just... Once again, it no longer know, belongs to them. They no longer have a copy. It no longer belongs to them. Yeah. But yeah, but there's, there is no technical reason why they can't have control of it. Except for the this old or this idea that they shouldn't, you know, there is it's yeah. it's not even a technical limitation. Like before, there was a technical limitation of when I write a paper, I have to then give it to you, and I no longer have it. And you know, and PDFs and emails kind of like I I honestly think PDFs and emails were the the best version of this, you know, because it was the best set of compromises. Like what you're working on a Word doc, you're working on a WordPerfect or whatever. You can even be working on a Google doc. But what you submit is the PDF. So you're, you're creating a product. And, but now, the, they don't, because it's so easy, because all you have to do is press a button, it doesn't feel like you're making a product. It feels like I'm just, I'm just relinquishing control now so that you can acknowledge it exists. Like that, that's a crazy thing to think. You know, like I am a college student who grew up not like that would probably, I, mean, I feel like if I did, like if I were graduating now, but I spent maybe high school and like the end of middle school operating the way you and I used to. Well, yeah. no, you know what? It's 2021. I don't think anyone's like that anymore. But, but, um, but it would be so jarring. I know it would be for me. Yeah. Like when I, I did, uh, I took up my master's and that's when. Uh, what was it? This was about early, like 2011, 2012. And it was the tail end of, of Yahoo groups. Like that was the way to disseminate yeah, information. Groups. Aside sure, from sure. going, yes, yeah, you'd still go to the class. They'd still give you handouts, but then they'd also send like Yahoo groups of the of a PDF of the handout. So it was like a dual life thing. And, and papers for... Let's say sixty percent of the teachers were via email. The others you still had to print it and submit. But there is no functional. There's no framework difference for me between printing and submitting and PDF, export to PDF and email. It's the same. Like I'm still aiming to create the same product, right? But it still felt like I had to make something that I'm then gonna give to them. Like it's a copy that's for the teacher, but the the larger iceberg product still belongs to me. Nowadays, there is no, it's not like that. Like the entire product is gone once you click submit. And it's like, right. it's like the worst compromise. It's the worst compromise. Like the best ones was, were before, but now it's the worst compromise between the longhand and typewriter eras and the floppy disk and email eras. It's the worst possible one because the student doesn't even feel like they're making anything. They just have to kind of hope that by the time they press submit, it's good enough. They, they don't get that feeling of... Like, I feel like even with the PDF era, Sawyer, I got to export the PDF, and then I had to read the PDF 30 minutes after I export it because my brain processes it, different, processes it differently afterwards, hopefully a day after, you know? What I used to do was I used to export it, put it in my iPad, and then read on my iPad elsewhere, like away from my laptop. So it you know, feels like a product. To, so that I, I can to then... say that, like, they're... 
you know, we got into this habit and like up until, up until we all got sent home and we didn't have a professional printer anymore, we were still doing this at my office where before we handed work in, we would print it out, mm -hmm. look over it because the, and I'm, I want to say this with as much scientific knowledge behind it as I'm aware, but the idea of looking at the same text in a different context makes mm -hmm. you look at it differently. So if you wrote something mm -hmm. on a screen and then you print and then you read it on a screen and then you print it out and you look at it on paper, you, you just see it differently. And I'm, I, yes. I, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to put something in the show notes that gives some credence to this, but like, I would think most people sort of just agree that that's true, that, uh, that that's a pretty good way to proofread your own work is to is to put yeah. put it into a different context and yep. my my one thought about the maybe a downside of working how the kids are working right now is that they don't get to have that second context before they hand stuff in they don't they don't or whatever second context they have is a like shallow manufactured fake version click submit so that they're no longer an editor of their own work. That's the new context, you know, oh. <laughs> like that's, that's the difference. It's not, they don't even, it doesn't even change as a file. You know what I mean? It doesn't even change versions. There's no export. It's still a Google doc. You're just no longer an editor. It's just rights <laughs> so, management. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Huh. Yeah. So it would suck. It would totally suck. But like you know, it, it's, it's it has not like a GitHub like, thing where you fork it and and, and publish. It's not like no. that. Like it's no. it, it it yeah. It just turns off the spigot of like you now no longer get to type on this thing. You you know technically it could be because I can look at like the version history, right? And so students can, but no student thinks that way. No student thinks that okay in the version history, what I want is by eleven thirty p.m. It will be this way. And then I will check against that and see what I need to, you know, then no one ever thinks that. Right. I can't imagine anyone ever thinking that, you know. So they, what they do is they write up until they, they stop writing and then they click submit and it feels like the same thing. They just don't control it. And the sad part is they don't even think that's a bad thing. They don't even think that's difficult. Like what they have to do is make a copy that, that I don't see. And then put it into the version I do see. But that's still not a big enough gap as, like, export to PDF or certainly not print. You know, like, that's not the same. Because they can still edit their work until they literally press one button that says submit. You know? I'll be honest. <laughs> I, I didn't think to start backing up my work until, until university. Like, I have... I have none of my work pre-university um and mm. like i think some of it was on computers but i just i just my brain at the time and maybe this is because i hated school but my brain at the time i didn't start loving school until university was i've handed it in it's no longer my problem <laughs> mm -hmm. you know and i i wonder if that's just how kids still maybe think it's like well i of course i can't edit it anymore i handed it in it's the teachers now it no longer belongs to me and i never have to think about it ever again i now get to go back to thinking about Fortnite and wh whoever i'm attracted to right 
I'm sure kids are still kids, but uh, you know they they would no longer want to think about. It. But the thing is, unlike you and I, uh, they can because once I check it, I click return, and it returns to them. It gives them the rights again, and they can oh, that's nice. still do whatever they want. They can do whatever they want again. Yeah, but yeah, and also it's saved for them. Like what I had to do in high school, or what our school used to do is they would make us compile all of our work. So, like, we had to keep it. Like, you got to throw them away, but for our, for us, we had to keep it. And they, they were nice enough to publish it, and we thought it was ridiculous, because I want to... It's not mine anymore. I don't care about my work. I'm done. I got my grade. That's all I wanted. Mm-hmm. But I didn't even really want it. I didn't really, I didn't really care. But the school made us do it. And now, like, as an adult, you know, that's my backup. Like, I'm lucky. Like, hey, I have a backup of my work from high school. A lot of it is gross. A lot of it makes me cringe, but it's there. You know, and then... College is, university also is where I learned to back up, but that's just because it was technically easy to. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it was just, just arrange, it in, arrange it into folders and put it in some folder somewhere that you never have to think about again. Mm-hmm. But it's there. Like, you know, like the, it doesn't occupy any mind space, just hard drive space. Google, this, this generation is different. I, I don't know, honestly, what it'll be like for them because it, it exists. Like, what they make exists. And what changes, as you said, is rights management. You know, when it returns to them, it's literally still the same paper, you know, just with comments. But they can really, they can even turn off the comments if they want. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, unlike a, unlike a PDF or, let me say, maybe even a PDF, not, not a PDF, but like a printed paper that with red ball pen all over it. Like, this one can be whatever they literally just made. And the differences in the grade I give them. It's, it, it, I, I don't know i still don't know it is fascinating but i still don't know what the long-term effect of this will be like in terms of the quality of work they produce mm-hmm. or the kind of you know knowledge production that'll happen but I, I but i guess our biases are that it's great that you can print out the paper like you know we aim to create a paper that's worth printing out <laughs> you know that's when when we write that that's yeah. the idea so, I mean, but, I, but, I, know you that, know. I know the kids have advantages these days that we never had. Like we, you know, like totally, we never had, um, we we never had websites that do pretty good grammar checks on your stuff. You know, uh, like that that is something. Like I really hope kids are using that stuff um, to the fullest of their abilities. Is like putting their text through a thing that reads it for all sorts of uh, um, all sorts of grammatical and readability things and you know like I think things like Grammarly and Pro Writing Aid and apps like that are, are, are fantastic even though they're probably putting professional editors uh, out of work um, <laughs> you know everything has its right. downsides um, but like for a high school kid who, who could never afford a professional editor it's probably a really good tool um you know we never had stuff like that but at the same time and the collaborative stuff i love i actually love hearing in the same way that i'm completely anxious about hearing that these live google docs is good like totally sends me but at the same time i i i think it's probably a great thing that students collaborate more uh on their work mm-hmm. um I, I, I don't see any reason why that couldn't just be incredible for for progression. 
you know? Yeah. But that, again, that's a totally different way than I was educated, which was literally look to your left, look to your right. These people uh, are are going for your job. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. 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 There's 30 people in this class. Two of you might make a living doing what you want to do. <laughs> you know, whatever that is. You literally have to eat each other. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Maybe I went to bad schools. <laughs> well, it sounds like it sounds really harsh. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I went, you know, you know, you graduated a year before I did. So, you know, we're in the same generation pretty much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't, I don't think my university ever made me feel that way. <laughs> no, my university didn't. You know, I'm good. thinking more. I'm thinking more like junior high and high school. Those were the rough ones for me. Ah, yeah. Yeah. No, my university. I was an yeah. English major. Everyone was happy. It was good. It was. I liked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, There's that, a. It took me like two years of university to unlearn so many bad habits mm. that I built up in junior high and high school. Like, I feel like I didn't like become a good student in university until like halfway through second year. Uh, and then I was, right. and then I sort of realized that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't awful <laughs> and that I could enjoy it. And when I started to enjoy it, that's when I got better at it. Turns out, <laughs> turns out if you like school <laughs> and you're not afraid of it every day, <laughs> Yeah, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. It's, it's actually, it's, 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 there's, there's, there's yeah. some good stuff here. I, I wish I took advantage of university more. Like, I, I was not a great student. I was just, I just wanted to get through it. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until afterwards that I, I, I realized how much I missed out on, which is why I ended up taking my master's. Like, I feel like my master's were a way to reclaim something I, I took for granted, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, but that's, that's why. Uh, I was a, a a note on like technological assistance for grammar and such. There was a student one. This is to me one of the pitfalls of of technology, like a big one. Like because I love technology. Like I'm not, you know, I love it. I'm not, and I'm not expert at it. Like you know, like we make a podcast. That's about it. That's the extent of my expertise. Like there are much more technically adept uh, people of my generation. But I, my bias is I actually quite enjoy technology and think it should be used. Like I'm not afraid of it, I, you know, and I'd love to keep learning uh, how to use it better and make it better. But there was a one time where a student was, uh, this was before COVID, a couple of years before COVID. And uh, like there was a paper that a student needed to submit and he, he wanted me to check it out before he submitted. And I thought, you know what? Sure. So he hands me his laptop and I see it's just spelling errors all over the place. Like, like errors they weren't typographical they were like misspelled an entire essay that would be otherwise you know decent had just misspellings like throughout the entire paper and i just i just said like uh i didn't know what to say because i didn't like it was so it, it was enough that it would be awkward if i identified each one because it wasn't it didn't seem like a typo but i didn't know what to make of it so I, I, uh, the stu- I was showing the student his screen, and I was like, well, uh, so this, I just tried to go one by one to be gentle about it. And then he goes, oh, oh, I'm sorry, sir. And then he just goes, click, 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 and then everything is spelled correctly. And then he goes, this, can you check this out again? And 
and what bothered me <laughs> was it was the was the, was that it was a crutch like you know i i'm all for spell checks but in my head spell checks are for typos you know that's what that's for not you, you don't hand over the the need to know how to spell to your computer that should still be yours and the spell check is like backing that up it's it shouldn't belong to the computer so that freaks me out and mm-hmm. that it was so normal for him like you know that's that's normal for that student i don't know how normal that is for his generation or for people younger but i he no one ever told him like there no one ever you know we had spelling drills every day when i was a kid you know but i i realized that me english english teaching has also changed through the years so, so like philosophically so like things like spelling aren't focused on as much but then yeah. it resulted in a student who was about to graduate who for whom it was normal to not know how to spell like is you know the last time like, i had a class is spelling just like the new cursive like 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 the only teachers <laughs> that care it. about it are old funny daddies that's what i'm worried about to be honest so i occasionally try to do a spelling drill here and there mm-hmm. uh but you know and it's not because like i, I did i i was particularly good at spelling when i was a student like i won competitions here and there but like i had to i have to check myself because it's not about that it's not there is no there is no real world significance to being a spelling champion like ultimately it doesn't matter right but it It, just i know that it's certainly you care about it it's like any other sport well, that's true. But, you know, in, in right. function, they can produce a paper. A student like that can produce a paper without knowing how to spell at the grade 12 level. Like, that's the part that freaked me out. Like, that, that's, the, that's the cursive part of it. Like, the part of me thinks that it can't be this way. But there's nothing in the system that addresses that. There's nothing. There's nothing in the curriculum. There's nothing in technology. Nothing. So I'm, it's like my, like my missions to do it. But, you know, no one ever points it out. Uh, gr- and I, I, I was thinking about Grammarly, but I'm less worried about Grammarly because you know you still have to have grammar lessons in the English curriculum for the first grades one through six are all are mostly grammar before you transition to literature. So like grammar is okay. Like you know you you can just you need to function grammatically that, that and they will learn it. But spelling, <laughs> I feel like spelling fell through the fell through the cracks here. Like. The student literally just went click, 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 click. Sorry, sir. Like, it was nothing. Like, he wasn't even embarrassed. You know? Like, there wasn't even it, shame. According to him, <laughs> it was... fixed the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's a thing. That's another he also pitfall. Probably used, uh, he also probably used regular expressions without even realizing it. Right. <laughs> right. He didn't even know. Yeah, like that's great, right? But, <laughs> but you know, but no, that, I I can't abide by that. It's What's interesting about okay. that, and this, I because we're uh, at least here, we're really beginning to really push coding lessons, and I don't know if if you guys are doing that now too, but like here, like coding lessons are being pushed really hard this year, and um, mm-hmm. coding requires not only good spelling but perfect spelling <laughs> to do it right so if mm-hmm. the kids aren't good at spelling they're gonna they're gonna have to shore it up because if going into a coding lesson typos typos will wreck your shit 
Like, it, co coding is literally yeah. all about hitting the exact right key at the exact right time. Yeah, the, I, yeah there's, there's some coding push here, but not yet. Not as much as there should be. Yeah, but that's an insecurity of mine, too. Like, I feel like I should spend a summer learning it. Did I tell you I tried to take the Harvard course last year? No. What happened? It, uh, oh, it kicked my ass. That's what happened. Uh, uh, I <laughs> like like tur like what I think I need to start at like grade six <laughs> for coding. <laughs> like maybe a university well, you level. The you maybe yeah, maybe a university yeah, level is not where I should start. <laughs> hey, you didn't even start at like regular university. You started at Harvard, you know. So like I, you don't know. let anybody tell there, you that there. Harvard's not just a regular university. <laughs> <laughs> well that's what happens when you do that you know um yeah i i so i took the class and i got about i got about five weeks into it before i just had a complete nervous breakdown and had to quit uh <laughs> oh no it was, it was not okay i learned a lot like in those four oh. weeks but mostly it was just, like i could not keep up with it it was it, like it's it, the difficulty spike was enormous uh but uh, I am um, slowly putting together a little video game that I'm making using a little bit of code. Like oh, I nice. Code, I, I, can, I can code like a teeny little bit, you know? Uh, and I'm making, I'm going to make a Game Boy game. Nice. Yeah. Seriously? Really? Yeah. That's great. Really, this is a project I'm working on. It's a, it's a little Game Boy game. You'll be able to play it on your phone, but it's, it'll look nice. like a Game Boy game. Oh, that's awesome, man! Yeah, I can't. I that's I awesome. I See, cannot I make a pretty video game myself, but I can make a Game Boy game myself. That's that's within scope. <laughs> are you gonna Are you gonna check out the uh, what's what do you call it? The, the yellow thing with the knob. The the playdate. The game. Yeah, the playdate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pre-ordered one. You did. Nice. I when did. Are, When are you getting it? Twenty twenty two. Nice. Yeah, so it'll be... So the, you, you the, were late by a few hours. Uh, no, I was late by one minute. So, and it's not my fault. <laughs> they, okay, so okay, so we're out of the teaching thing now. We're talking about video games. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. we, uh, so they opened up the pre-order for the play date. Um, and I was in there, like, second one. Because I want this thing. This is, the, like, the play date is so right down the middle of what I want out of video games. Like, they could not have made a more perfect device for me specifically. And I want to make my Game Boy game for the playdate. I want it to be playable on that, and it should be, I, I should nice. be able to make that happen. Um, uh, what was it? Okay, so, yeah, they opened up pre-orders for it, and... Um, Basically, I got to the shipping part of it, and they were like, oh, we're not shipping to Canada right now. And I said, oh, no, that's funny, because I'm pretty sure you said you were going to ship to Canada. <laughs> right. And, uh, oh, no, it said Ontario. It said not shipping to Ontario. And I was like, oh, shit, maybe, maybe our goddamn horrible premier ruined something in terms of international shipping here, and we can't get stuff from America right now, you know? <laughs> 
but but right. I, I changed it's I changed the shipping address to like a different province, and that didn't work either. And I went on Twitter, and I noticed that pretty much everybody who I followed who had any interest in this thing, who were trying to pre-order it, and who did not live in America, were getting the same error. So uh, mm. something happened, and the first batch of pre-orders went only to Americans. It looked like. Uh, but I got onto the second batch of pre-orders, which, uh, says 2022. So, um, happily gave them all of my money. And, uh, now I get to wait. It's like a Kickstarter now. It's like I get to wait a while for, for this thing. Um, and who knows, man, like, uh, the analog pocket, um, went for pre-orders a year ago and hasn't shipped yet. I don't even know what that is. It's like a it's show like notes. A, it, yeah, it's like an upscaled um, portable game console that plays all of the old portable cartridges. So, Game Boy, Game Gear, Turbo hmm. Graphics, Neo Geo. Um, basically, if there was a '90s video game that was portable, this thing will play it, um, and it will play nice. it like as as high resolution and as fancy as. <laughs> As, as technology will allow. Um, but it's also like, it's playing it from the cartridge itself, so there's no emulation, right? It should play perfectly, right? Um, right. Yeah, so, like, the Analog Pocket's a very cool, uh, cool fetish video game object, whereas the Playdate, I think, is just a delightful expression of, of simple gameplay, I feel. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm very, I'm totally, totally excited to get one next year. Um, and in the meantime, yeah, I want to develop a little game and I don't entirely know what it's going to be like yet, but I've begun drawing sprites and drawing little backgrounds and I've been doing a lot of pixel art the last month. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. That's great. That's great. Have, have you spoken about this publicly yet before no, today? No, this is, this is the first time. <laughs> Oh my. So yeah. this is this this episode features like a tease of a future game. This is great. I okay, so I want to pitch the story to you. Um uh-huh. so so you never played the TurboGrafx 16, which means you never no. played World Court Tennis, which was a uh-huh. tennis game for the TurboGrafx 16, which included a story mode which played like Dragon Quest. <laughs> A tennis game. Yeah, it was a tennis game. With, so it, 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 it totally okay. had a Played dragon, like Dragon Quest. Okay. Played like Dragon Quest, yes. So you started in a, vi- uh, in a village, and the king of tennis told you that you needed to go... The, the, he was the monarch of the time, um, of the tennis kingdom, and uh, he told you that you needed to go save the tennis kingdom from some evil tennis person. And you started off in this little town where there was a shop and an inn and you bought tennis equipment from the shop and you slept at the inn and then you went out into the overworld and there were random battles, but the random battles were tennis matches. Hmm. And so you okay. play, that you sounds play, awesome. you play tennis and this, 
this is a very early video game memory for me, um, but it made me think that all sorts of sports games did this, but uh, as I'm sure you know, no other game <laughs> did this. <laughs> No other game. <laughs> there was the only games yeah. that were like Dragon Quest were Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy and other RPGs where you would have turn-based battles, right? But mm -hmm. there were no there were no RPGs where there was like a fantasy land. But then when you go into the random battle, you would play a genre of video game that had nothing to do with the fantasy land, <laughs> right? Because that doesn't right. make any sense. But in this game, <laughs> in this game, which, by the way, had, like, passwords for saving and a whole leveling system and, uh, and, and <laughs> like, equipment upgrades. And anyways, World Court Tennis is an amazing tennis game. It's still my favorite tennis game ever. Um, I want to make a sequel to World Court Tennis where mm. you, like, you, you go back to the world of tennis or the tennis kingdom and it's been like kind of forgotten <laughs> and, and and like things things haven't gone great in the tennis kingdom <laughs> and you and you're, like you're, a right. you're like a returning hero yeah. and everyone's yeah. like what Just are you doing here <laughs> <laughs> oh I love it so that's oh, that's my great. that's my loose plan, and that might very much that might change by next yeah. week. Maybe maybe I'll look into it, and that doesn't work. But I want to kind of make a spiritual sequel to one of my favorite yeah. childhood games. Um, yeah, no, and it's a it's a true sequel. Like it is the return. You know, the hero returns. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I just I I sort of I like the idea that it's just this sort of broken down, divorced dad kingdom. Where people still think yeah. tennis is a big deal. <laughs> it's like Rocky. It's a Rocky story with tennis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Old old Rocky comes back. Yeah, yeah. And, back. yeah and Remembers like, that he used to. This is this is where this is where. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is where everything changed for me. So, like, I'm, I I want to make it so like you don't have to have played World Court Tennis to get it. Like, I, I want there to be a disconnect, yeah, yeah. and also I'm assuming I'm not legally allowed <laughs> to have any connection to it. But <laughs> but I want it to be pretty yeah, obvious course. what I'm doing. I mean, it's it's tennis and it's an RPG. Like, you know, that people are gonna get it. And so that's, I that's... so what I need to figure out is how to uh how to how to do tennis. I need to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's but the, but the actual like overworld RPG stuff, and maybe that'll be the joke. Maybe it'll be like nobody plays tennis here anymore, even though this guy still totally wants mm -hmm. to. I don't know. Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm using a I'm using a fantastic app called uh, Game Boy Studio, and uh, I'll be making all the sprites myself, and it'll be it'll be fun. That sounds like fun, man. Like I, I can't think of a. I have no notes. It's great. It's a it's it's a great great concept, and I'm looking forward to it. I, I think now every, I want to play day two. Of course. I think everyone should make video games. I think I think making video games uh, is oh, is getting easier and easier every year as tools get better and better mm -hmm. at letting people make video games. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I think I think people should make video games. I think that's a good a good use of people's creative outlet. 
I, I think we should uh, dedicate a show to this. Like some, like this is a given that it's like more democratic now. Like people can get into it. Sure. Uh, I think we should be like the friendly podcast that shows people how. Because I'd like to know. Like, yeah. see, I, I like right. What I have now is like a passing interest. But like talking to you about it, I'd like for you to like tell me all about it. You know, someone who who has access to all this technology and internet but doesn't know where to start. You know, because. I wish someone did this for me for keyboards, you know. <laughs> you know? So, didn't Mike so, do this for you for keyboards? No, not really. Like no. I avoided that whole area of Mike Hurley's life. Sorry, oh, Mike yeah. Hurley. You know, it, it was just Instagram where I would see that he'd do it. Right. I'd right. never listened to a podcast where he talked about it. You know, because oh, it, it, it's funny because I I saw him get in like you like if you follow him on Instagram, but we only I only listened to Upgrade and another one, but um, he doesn't. Like it was, he was not into it, and then he was really, really into it, like immediately, right? So, so it's all. I guess the the sudden turnaround is not alienating, but you know, it's it's you know it it. Well, I guess that's the word. Very mildly alienating. Oh, I don't get it. You know, so there was no. So if I wish someone did that for me, because you know, it took me a year to learn that. You should not get why a hot swappable thing was important, etc., etc., etc. So, well, see, with gaming, I, I didn't even know which, that. I don't. I up until what you said, I didn't know these things could even be hot swappable, and I'm still not 100 percent sure what that is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the idea is. Okay, <laughs> so the idea is. Let's just go through the so the the reason the not hot swappable one was a problem was is if if a switch breaks. The whole thing, you need to unsolder the, the switch under the button that is really how the button functions, right? Under the keycap. So if it's not hot swappable, you have to, it's soldered on. So you have to unsolder it and then replace the switch. But you, can, you can buy a switch. Switches are pretty cheap nowadays. Uh, and that's why mechanical keyboards became big too, because switches became affordable. Um, and so I, I, the swappable one means that if any of the keys, well, for me in function, someone who's not a hobbyist, so just a regular consumer, the value for me is if any of the buttons or switches stop working, I can just replace it, like, you know, inexpensively, like easily. Right. I can do it like right now. It'll take me five minutes to do it. Uh, unlike my previous keyboard, which I had to like unsolder or desolder, which is simply not worth it for me. It's, it's more worth it to just buy another keyboard. But the, the reason I didn't understand that was because everybody talked about swappable, not swappable, because, as the hobby. Like, the idea is you wanted to swap switches because you're this crazy collector who had, like, a drawer full of blues and reds and browns and whatever day you wanted to do any of those switches, use any of those switches, you just switch it. You just replace it. So I didn't understand it, which is why I didn't buy the swappable one. But now, I, just a regular non-hobbyist consumer, the value of this is, if anything happens to any of the buttons, it's not dead. I can just replace the switch. Like that's you, what I'm so paying the extra ten dollars like for. You, you've got the desktop computer of keyboards. Yes, yes, that's right. This is this goes into what we were talking about. Yes, I got the desktop computer of keyboards. Like exactly every, right. Every every it's little not part is on. replaceable by by you. Yes, yes. Yes, I'm a little embarrassed now that you're pointing it out. Yes, absolutely. And it's great. Like, this world is great. Like, you know, if Windows just fixes something, I might philosophically switch over. I was, well, th I was talking to... Windows uh, 11 looks real pretty, you gotta say. <laughs> it's... 
Wouldn't this be yeah. so funny? We're, we're at... Wouldn't this be so funny if, like, in two Sorry. years, you were like, all right, I got myself a gaming PC, and it's it's all bright and colorful. <laughs> Let's get on that Minecraft. And 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 I was like, uh, I just bought an iPad, and that's the only thing I have now. <laughs> yeah, that, that might be you, right? Because you, you have your play date. That's where you devote all your modularity to. That's right. Everything that's all else I is there. But, you know, yeah, I, I had a... I was having... We're landing now, and I just wanted to just one little extra follow-up thing on, I guess, on our last episode. I was just thinking about, like, my Apple fandom and how I'm, as a, so speaking strictly as a fan, not a user, not a enthusiast, just as a fan of the company, I feel like, like, we're at, we're at, uh, it's a scary point nowadays as a fan. Like, we're at WWE jumping the shark mode now for apple you know this is like this is where i feel we're slowly it's slowly gonna turn into they are clearly the bad guys now like they're not there yet <laughs> but like culturally i can sense like uh-oh it's coming you know because <laughs> they're already the big they've been the biggest for a while now right they're the biggest most you know the most money-making whatever Right. So, but they still kind of had whatever high horses they they maintain. But I like just the amount of news that's been coming out this year, this year alone. Like, like there's, it's not there yet, but it's coming. And I feel like I should start preparing as a fan, like emotionally, like, you know, emotionally to remain rational and to remain like, you know, logical about my tech choices and not be so swayed by my fandom anymore because before it was convenient my fandom was aligned with my my philosophy i feel like that's slowly about to change so i feel like my i'm subconsciously doing that too with things like the keyboard <laughs> you know and how great modularity is <laughs> so so it's it's coming and i feel like we'll we'll return to this in what five years in season four of you chose poorly <laughs> but I, I, all I'm saying, the only follow-up item here is like, uh-oh, I'm good. It's like, I can sense it now. It's not just a, it's not just a assessment on the news. Like, I can feel it in my, my fan spirit that, you know, this is like the ruthless aggression era. You know? This is like, oh, this is where we're at. <laughs> right? I mean, it has Cena, Right? But you know, it has Cena, which ended up being good, I think, and Batista and whatever. But like, you know, this is where we're at. Ruthless aggression is where is we're the, at right now. Is the M1 chip the John Cena of Apple chips? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, best to ever do it. Oh my God. The greatest of all time, right? Oh <laughs> John <my God>. Cena. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, so AEW is going to come along or something. Something needs to come along to, to make it, you know. That, but, and right now, it's not happening yet. So, but I'm already preparing mentally because, I, you know, it's just being a WWE fan, it is not fun to be a WWE guy. And I think I just have to admit it to you right now, and we didn't get to our wrestling episode. I think I'm, I really am just a WWE guy. And I think even if I don't uh... want to be. That's definitely like like maybe that's our next episode. We'll do some we'll do some wrestling chat. Is yeah, well, you know, per perfect timing. That'll segue over to the wrestling. <laughs> I have, I I don't know that I have multiple 
shows of wrestling thoughts in me, but this year has definitely given me some wrestling thoughts. So if you want to do a wrestling episode, I can give you some homework and (laughs) we can do a wrestling episode. Because I need you I will tell you this. I need you to see a couple of things uh, for me to for my thoughts to make sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. So there's a nice preview for our next episode. This is a big show today, huh? Oh my god! I might I might split this into two episodes. <laughs> this is real <laughs> long. We'll do. We'll see how I feel. Yeah. Let's see. Hey man, really good talking to you. This was fun. Yeah, this is fun. I always appreciate it. Thank you so much. I I love you. doing this. Let's do it. Let's, and uh, thank yeah. you for telling me all that stuff about. Uh, your class that's it was it was actually like massively informative to me and now i actually have like a lot to think about and like stuff to and like i might just like that could be gossip for me at work for like a month like this could this is fuel for me this is good because i i work in that's educa- great i'm not a teacher but i work in education so hmm. uh you know we we think about this stuff all the time that's great. That's great. I, I I thought we'd be talking about like software and stuff. I'm glad we got into the meat of it because I didn't even think of the meat of it until you asked the questions you asked. So it's great. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what other software kids would use other than Google Docs. I, you know, I uh, there's know. a lot. <laughs> That's oh. a whole show. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe maybe yeah. there's more to say later. I don't know. Yeah. I just thought it was all Google yeah, but Docs it's all the time. Oh, oh. Yeah, it's ultimately less important than what we talked about because that's that stuff changes like mm. it changes every six months or so you know right now it's a lot it's gonna be a lot next year i don't right. even know what's gonna happen yeah all right well uh if all we right, if, if we think of if if we think of other stuff we'll talk about it next time uh but other but if we don't um yeah we'll talk about uh big meaty men slapping meat <laughs> That's coming. It's coming. It's bound to happen. We had to do it. Yeah, of course. All right, man. Well, I'll see you next time. Take care, man. Thank you. Thank you.